Hey, it's Beth here, episode 413. Happy Valentine's Day. I mean it. For everybody. I said it to my dogs. It's just a day where you tell people you love them, and I think it's wonderful. Kit and I are celebrating our 47th Valentine's Day. He is really good at Valentine's Day. When we started dating, which it wasn't, we didn't date very long. I was 21, people got married 47 years ago. And he was wonderful. He asked me kind of, you know, he was fishing. He said, so uh, you really don't care for Valentine's Day, do you? And I said, oh, I do. Oh, I do. I happen to love Valentine's Day. It happens in February, and I hate February, especially living in New York. It was horrible. It's the best thing that ever happened to February. It's so much fun because it's all about love and all about giving me things. What is not to love about Valentine's Day? Well, to his credit, he heard me. And we've had great Valentine's Days ever since. Every single one. He's nice to me. He's good to me. He buys me something and he takes me out to dinner. And he treats me like a queen. I'm telling you, every guy should do it. There's just no reason not to. If you want her to be your girlfriend, treat her like a girlfriend. If you want to be pals and nobody cares about Valentine's Day, you're going to get a pal. And you're not going to get much action if you have a pal. So <clears throat> this is one day where you can really mix it up. And you should. I got a spa day. I'm going out to dinner. I'm so in love with them. I'm in love with them every day. And all these guys would say, well, what do you just love her? What do you just love him because he gives you things? I'm like, no, but it doesn't hurt. I'm looking at you and I'm not going to lie. It doesn't hurt a thing to be generous and give somebody presents. What is wrong with it? It's one day. So that's how I feel. And we've been pretty happy for 47 years. And I, I had this girl ask me, how did you do it? And she was thinking that we've been happy, like every day, like happily ever after. Well, we've gone through infertility. We've gone through, um, you know, losing a home. We've gone through remodeling. We've gone through every single thing that breaks a couple up. The worst being, of course, losing a son. I mean, these are the things that absolutely destroy families and marriages, family estrangement. We haven't missed one thing except for cheating, which is the big one. And thank God we never did that because I don't think, I think that's a tough one. I think all of them are tough, especially losing a son. I can't even talk about it, but you don't blame, you don't blame the other person. Fate hits you over the head with a mallet. You got a person in your, next to you in your foxhole. Who cares? Who loved your son just as much as you did? Why would you turn on that person? You don't turn. That's the first thing. The second thing I learned that I passed on to this girl was what my veterinarian told me. And I know that's like animal husbandry, but no. It was about he and his wife. And they were both on their second marriages and they wanted it to last. They wanted it to be forever. So they decided to get married on the Rock of Gibraltar. It was a great idea. Such a great idea that thousands of couples do it. So there they were, 
waiting in line to get married on the Rock of Gibraltar. Not the romantic scene they were hoping for, but, and this was before the internet, so they actually didn't know everything that we know today. So they're standing in line. She's getting really upset because it's like they're standing in this line for two and a half hours and her dress is wilting and she is wilting. So he sees this huge, oh my gosh, gorgeous display of flowers. And right above it, there are Gibraltar apes. They're huge, they're ugly, they're terrifying. Not cute little monkeys all along this wall. So he, being the vet he is, just went up and very quietly said he'd like the most beautiful bouquet and he gave it to his wife. And miraculously, three couples dropped out and they went up next. So it was like this moment of moments was, and the sun shone and the clouds separated. And he said it was absolutely a Hollywood movie moment. So they get up right to the guy, he smiles, they smile. And he starts doing the vows and they're having the most wonderful time. And one of the Gibraltar, the Gibraltar apes comes up to her and starts fighting her for, her for her bouquet right in the middle of the ceremony. And she wouldn't let go. And the ape wouldn't let go. And this veterinarian is looking and he doesn't know what to do. And it doesn't stop. And he tries to help her and he can't. And they're whirling around so quickly that he can't even get a hold of her. But then all of a sudden he realizes this ape could have diseases. So he screams at the top of, the, of his lungs to his bride-to-be, give the monkey the flowers! Give the monkey the flowers! The monkey and the bride look over at him. She hands the monkey the flowers. The monkey sits down right by them and starts eating the flowers and watches the proceedings and they finish getting married. And as they're walking away, they burst into hysterics, which is a good sign for this marriage. And it's been very happy for like 35 years. And they decided that night that it was a golden opportunity. And the opportunity was that for their entire marriage, based on what they'd learned from their other marriage, their mantra would be, give the monkey the flowers. Whichever of the two of them wanted to win that battle the most, wanted to get that thing the other one didn't want them to have, or whatever it was, they would look into each other's eyes, figure out which one was going to go for the jugular. And before that happened, give the monkey the flowers. And they have really had a successful marriage. And I try to do that with people. I try to listen really carefully. How invested am I in what I want? And how invested are they? And this can't work with a two-year-old ever because they'd always win because they're so passionate. But let's say you're dealing with someone in your age group, your spouse. How much do they want what they want? And could you give it to them? And I swear, that is the best tip ever. Another lady who was a friend of my mother-in-law's told me when my kids were little, people are frantic for dinner. This was back 43 years ago when people ate dinner together. When's dinner? When's dinner? When's dinner? She got to the point one night where she threw a spoon with gravy on it 
at a five-year-old because she couldn't take hearing it. That day, she learned her lesson. She was very sorry. She didn't hit the kid at all, and the gravy wasn't hot, so it wasn't like the crime of the century. But she just started setting the table because she realized people live on hope. They love hope. So they would all come in, see the set table, and just walk out of the room and leave her the heck alone. So that's what that is. The third one who taught me a lot is Kit, my husband. He made us have a date every Saturday night. And I would be pretty tired, but we'd get all dressed up and we'd go out, do something, movie, whatever, go to a restaurant and then get a great dessert. Come back to the restaurant on the way home after the movie and after certain coffee, which I could drink back then. And we did it every Saturday night. A bonus thing we did because because it was something between us, and it, and it still is. He would come home some days for lunch when the kids were in school. And my neighbors in my neighborhood in Westlake found out about it, two women, and they came and had an intervention with me. And they're like, what do you think you're doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? What is your husband doing at your house for lunch? They were talking to me like I was having an affair. I said, well, you know. And they go, oh my God. You tell him that he needs to close that garage door the minute he gets his car in the garage. Because if my husband finds out anything about this, you are dead. I was like, wow. Okay, well that's what he did. And that's what happened. And those were good times too, because I'm really not very romantic at nine o'clock at night. I'm exhausted. All I want to do is be in bed in my pajamas, sucking my thumb with my pillow. That's it, in my bathrobe. Or my bathtub is over me. I need all, all of that. That's romantic to me at night. Now, and especially back when everybody was younger, and I, a bath, I wanted to be clean, and I didn't want anyone to touch me. I just wanted to be clean, spotless, after a day of of un unholy things happening to me all day long. Just dogs, children, sandboxes, things that just shouldn't happen. Every dirt thing you could think of, almost every day, just happening over and over. Birds sought me out to, to dump on me. It was like, I just wanted every single pore to be clean. So I was not in the mood for that. So when he would come home for lunch, energy middle of the day hey take your best shot you know I'm not I'm, I'm ready so that's what we did and the last tip I gave her was personal after oh god I guess she asked me last year or so after 46 years of marriage because she was getting married I said listen um it's kind of um a terrible thing but when I met kid I was engaged to be married to a guy I really really liked and I just saw Kit and something happened to me and I thought I really want him and that really hadn't ever happened to me before so even before I dated him I it makes me sad because I feel bad about this I broke up with that guy because I wasn't giving him the best I had 
It wasn't even close. I liked him so much, but I didn't feel that, you know, chemistry, that pheromone, that thing. I thought I did, and I got as close as I could get. But then this thing happened, so I broke up with him even before I had a date with Kit, even before he called me, because I wasn't going to settle for anything less. I wasn't going to have a marriage like my parents. I wasn't going to settle or, you know, people talk about settling and they talk about that you didn't marry a doctor. I mean, I didn't want anybody to settle for less of me than I had to give. So that's what I told her. I said, I hope to God you can't keep your hands off of him. I hope to God that's something you really, really love. Because 47 years later, it can still be there if it's, if it's intense. And I don't care if the guy doesn't have a job or a college degree or whatever anybody's talking about. It just doesn't matter. If you want him in that way, there's a lot there. There's a lot to work with. Because at the end of the day, when I was reading the marriage vows for the first time when I was engaged, I noticed this clause that said the only thing you can't do with anyone else is have sex. And I thought that's really important. I am telling this person that I will be sexually attracted to you for my entire life that I will watch you, that I will never stop smiling when you walk in the room and you're all dressed up and we're going out. I will still see it no matter what we look like. And I still see that when I look at him. Like, I don't even know what's wrong. I don't even see what, what, what it's supposed to look like. I just see the person that I fell in love with. So when I go to weddings, like this summer I went to a wedding in Colorado. The reason I went is because I saw him propose to her in a little video. And all he wanted in the whole world was her. And I thought, I will go anywhere to watch someone marry someone when they're that in love. It's transportive. It's so romantic. I know that girl's going to be happy her whole life because he's always going to want her. And that's just what I wanted. That's what I want everybody to want. I don't think, you know, ticking off these boxes on all these, you know, important things make any difference. You have to get naked. You have to, that's what you do with this person that you can't do with anyone else. You gotta really wanna do it. So that's what I told her. She gave me a big hug. And she said, guess what? I got that. And she does, and she's happy. And it's not easy and things happen and people have accidents and all kinds of life happens to you, to everyone, you can't, you can't avoid it. You can't, you can't find a life that's perfect. I mean, we've seen it. Lady Diana, every single time you, you think you're looking at a fairy tale, the only people that have had happy and perfect lives are people you don't know very well. You're just looking at them from a distance. You have to figure out how to be happy through it all. You have to find a way to make it work, even when it's bad. 
to stay together. So she said, I've got it. I totally have it. She said, I thought that's what you were going to say, but I wanted to make sure. So that's all there is to it. But you got to find that person, you know, and, and keep looking. Because you don't want to find that person after you get married. That'd be horrible. It'd be horrible. So if, like, Matt's not married, my son, he's 37, 38, it's all, it's, they're all like, uh, you know, melding into one age. I don't care. He hasn't found the person. He hasn't found his soulmate. I don't care how long it takes him. I don't want him to hurt anybody. I don't want him to make a mistake. I don't want him to make a promise he can't keep. So, I don't care. Take as long as you want. Just get it right. And all, and that's not hard. All you, all you have to know is you really, really love to be with that person. You can't be with them enough, and you want to kiss them. That's that's my secret. There are there are other ones, and they're much better. But I've really had a good marriage based on that. So, anyway. Happy Valentine's Day to you. I've got this picture. It's Kit and I. I think we look great. I think we look, I think we're just, I think he looks great just like he did in the beginning. It's magic. It's just magic. You look at life, your eyes are filled with love and you're not looking at anything right. Who wants to? Who wants to see, you know, spots and acne or whatever else? You just want to see beauty. And it's still there, 47 years later. I'm still so happy. I'm happy I have them. So I want that, I hope that you have that. Or you can re-look at the guy and go, you know what, you're, I, I missed it, you're great. Just, just find it. So that's all I've got. I mean, it's kind of preachy. I don't mean it to be preachy. I mean, I just, it's just basic chemistry and pheromones and Everything else is negotiable. So, anyway, happy Thanksgiving, or <laughs> that's good, right? I'm so sane. Happy Valentine's Day. That is so funny, happy, and happy Thanksgiving. I'll be the first one to wish it for you. I wish you the happiest Thanksgiving nine months from now. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm not sane, and I will be back. Bye-bye.